Buenos dias, everyone. Yesterday on the Twitter machine, I wrote, there is no shortage of self-doubt, and it prevents many of us from pursuing dreams and wants. Being shy is an obstacle I constantly battle, but I will not let it stop me from making friends and accomplishing goals. To that, another Twitter friend uh, shot back at me and said, I would have never guessed you were shy. Your podcasts are so confident and lively, a real joy to listen to. And she and I went back and forth. Uh, and it's interesting that this person that, that happened to write back at me, I, I find uh, her to be an extremely well, you know, well-spoken. Uh, she's, she's a writer. Um, and her posts are extremely daring in what she puts out there. I mean, she's really pushing boundaries or at least boundaries that I myself aren't able to, to you know, to push forward on. Um, and she is commenting on my being shy. And I found that we have a commonality that although we feel that we're constantly putting ourselves out there, that we still are holding back to quite a lot, that there are still some obstacles that we face and that it, one of the challenges that that I, that I get put on myself is that I know what the barriers are for myself. I know what doesn't come naturally to me and that I make concerted efforts to overcome them. That's why I wrote back. I appreciate it and I practice, practice, practice. I am all nerves before going into social settings, but I have my own coping mechanisms. They have served me well over the years. Thank you. And I do. Um, I have spoken. I was at a convention many years ago. I was going to speak to about a group of 2,000 to 2,500 people. I did, the numbers weren't clear. It was a very big room. It was also a combination to a certain degree of a promise that I made myself years prior, five to six years prior, when I had walked into a hall in San Diego and I seen uh, somebody on the big stage. And I was in the cheap seats and I was seeing somebody in the, in the, in the big stage. This is a real estate convention. And they were giving uh, this talk about real estate and uh, you know the, the programs that they use and the tools that they use to grow their business. And I had dared myself back then in the cheap seats to say, one day I'm going to be on the big stage. One day I'm going to be the one that's going to be giving advice to other agents. And four to five, six years later, uh, there I was in San Antonio in front of a very large crowd getting ready to present and receive some awards that uh, the company that I worked for had uh, had gained because of these challenges that I kept on putting on myself. And so there I was in San Antonio. It's very early in the morning. I have to present around 10. I am up at 5 and I am all nerves. Now, mind you, this isn't the first time that I've spoken in front of people, but this is the largest crowd that I have ever encountered, that I have ever uh, gone up against. And all of the different tools that I thought I needed to make myself, you know, a, a better speaker. I couldn't hold them all in my head. I had notes that I knew that I wanted to go through. There were things that I knew that I wanted to discuss. And all the while I am thinking, what is my performance going to be like? What's my performance going to be like? It's, I was just a bundle of silly nerves. Uh, synapses in my brain weren't fired correctly. And unfortunately, when I am unsettled in my head, it manifests itself in my body. So all of a sudden, even though I hadn't eaten anything, uh, maybe I had a few shots of tequila the night before. Uh, that could have also played a role in all of this. But like my my body's not, my mind is not working, my body's not working, and I have about five hours to be get ready on the stage. And as in one hour goes by, it's getting worse. Uh, four hours, I'm, I'm four hours left. 
Uh, I am pacing now around the room. I'm practicing my speech over and over my head, and I'm realizing that I'm tripping over my words like I tend to do whenever I get nervous. And that hour is agony. Three hours left, I go and I shower, and that distracts me for about 15 to 20 minutes. But you know, when you're in that mode, when you know that there's something super you know, big coming up that you just have to nail, you just have to nail, you know that for a fact, um, 15 minutes is an eternity. So I shower, I start getting dressed. Um, I, you know, I've always been very specific about how I like my ties to, to look. And for whatever reason, my fingers are all, are not cooperating with me. So my tie length, uh, my, you know, my knots aren't quite right. And I know that this is just because I am a bundle of frayed nerves that just cannot all come together. My body is not mine, not completely, not totally. And I'm looking at the clock and it's counting down to, to, to stage time. Two hours left and to take a bus. I had a friend with me. We take a bus down to the convention center. And all of a sudden, as we're approaching the convention center and I see the size of it and of the building, and I know that I'm going to be now in the middle of that in just a few uh, short hours, uh, it hits that you and, and we're guys, we're not talking about I'm going to be speaking for an hour. I have like a 10 minute uh, presentation, 15 if I really time it, because that's one of the things that I always have to worry about when I do any kind of public speaking, is that I tend to speak really fast. And that's what makes it so that I trip over my words, because my mind is 10 steps ahead by my mouth, in front of my mouth. And so what happens is that I am thinking something, but my mouth hasn't had the opportunity to catch up, and that is where I trip on things. So I'm trying to be mindful about stay on target, stay on target, stay on target. One hour left, and at this point, my body is just breaking down. Um, I've already been on the stage floor pra practicing for a little bit. Uh, I've seen what it's going to look like, minus the people. All, I have recognized that there's going to be lights right on top of me, so it's hard to see. I'm supposed to read from a prompter, but I know how I am. I tend to go off the cuff when I can because I'm not very good at remembering certain things, especially when I'm nervous half an hour left and I find myself in the bathroom and I know people are looking for me at this point because all of these things are choreographed to, to the hilt so I know people are looking for me but I'm in the bathroom and my stomach is just emptying itself out I would like to tell you that I was so cool under pressure I was not my my body is just not okay 15 minutes left 10 minutes left Five minutes left. Now I am in the queue. I am, you know, just one more per set of percenters and then I'm on. And I'm going to be speaking with the uh, chief marketing officer of the company and the CEO of the company at this point. And, we're, and then all of a sudden, two minutes left. And at that point, I did one of these. I know it's stupid, but I did one of these Eye of the Tiger. I started hearing the lyrics in my head. I started hearing the music in my head. And all of a sudden, I let that feeling just wash over me. And you're going to knock it out. You're going to knock it out. You're going to make this happen. They picked you for a reason. You're the right person to do it. All of these quick affirmations that are just rifling through my head quickly, 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 quickly. And all of a sudden, go. And the moment I stepped on stage, all of that bullshit, all of that worry, all of that concern, 
all of those nerves just get stripped away from me. I almost, it's an out-of-body experience. I feel them just like Velcro. They are being left in the back part of the theater. And as I move forward, I'm shedding all that. And now I'm just Hugo. And I've heard Magic Johnson talk about this, that there was Magic Johnson and there was Showtime. And, and that's, you know, the, 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 he has different words for it. I forget what it was called. But Magic Johnson talked about having two personas. Magic that everybody knew and then the guy that was on court. Uh, I'll try to find out what those are. If, if I can, I'll put them in the show notes. Um, but that's exactly what it was. I was a completely different person. I was confident, uh, handsome. I felt myself being attractive, if that's even a term. And I'm not an attractive guy, but in that moment, I felt myself being attractive. I was, my suit was right. The lights were on me. I was, I made sure that I was hitting my mark. I was, I was reading the teleprompter. I was making jokes. I was doing the thing that I do with my hands that I borrowed from Bill Clinton, where I point. Uh, and it all came together. In the, I got the applause when the applause needed to happen. Uh, it was wonderful. It was a drug. I will admit to that, that being on stage and killing, killing, uh, it was a drug. I wanted to do it again and again and again. Uh, but again, it's not something that comes um, naturally. It's something that I will myself to do, that I force myself to do. Because... I'm shy, but shy is not going to prevent me from accomplishing the goal, which was one day I am going to be on that stage. One day I am going to let everyone know I'm going to share my knowledge with other people. And the only way that I can do that is by overcoming this paralyzing shyness that I've had for a long time. And so then it's made me think, like, where did that come from? And I think a lot of it is just, obviously, it's, 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 rooted it's got to be rooted in some type of insecurity and I think a big part of it was the fact that when I was growing up my dad wasn't around so I did not see you know, and, and again I'm not making a case that you have to have a dad or anything like that I think that families come in all shapes and sizes and you just take what you get from whatever's available to you but I know that from my that my dad was such a big personality uh, and I had always heard from my mother that oh he's such a big person he he commands a room he when when uh, he walks into a place, people take notice. Uh, he's got a gun on himself. He was a police officer. He was a detective, actually. Uh, he dresses fantastically, and he cares about what his hair looks. I mean, my dad, my mom mythologized my dad because my dad was away. He was in the U.S. while we were in Mexico. So you have this glooming persona that you feel that you have to live up to. And here I am, this scrawny, meek little kid that likes to play with his you know robots cheapy versions of transformers back in mexico and my dad's in the big game he's in he's in the u.s he's a big uh security person in charge of el mercadito in in this place called los angeles which you see on the telly and and it's supposed to be this amazing place full of beautiful people and and whatnot that's my dad was playing in those uh in that field and being good at it and being amazing and here I am just a little scrawny kid and my mom can't stop talking about him and I realized that and I think that I internalized this um, 
I'm not my dad. I'm never going to be my dad. I am never going to be larger than life. Uh, I don't have the tools and I have nobody to teach me other than, you know, uh, what those tools are. Uh, and then eventually coming here to the U.S. and not knowing the language and having other kids point to you that you don't know the language and that you're different in that way. And this is not a pity party thing, guys. This is just how I internalized the shyness. This is how the shyness got, was created. Um, I knew that I had an accent. I remember we were in fourth grade and we had to do some kind of presentation or we were talking about something and we were talking about fish. And... I had to go up there and I had to read a little bit and I said, oh yeah, the salmon, uh, you, you swims up river or some BS like that. Though the detail is not important because the only thing that the kids honed in is the fact that I kept on saying salmon. Well, I, wrote, I saw S-A-L-M-O-N, salmon, not salmon. And for many years I said it that way because that, I was very, what is the word when you, you're, you're reading the phonics or you, you're, you're reading, you're reading it verbatim you're not uh enunciating the right way i know that's all fucked up uh you, you can tell that i was an english major obviously but you see what i mean so the kids honed on and that's the guy that says salmon and i wore that in so oftentimes i wouldn't speak i just would not speak in front of people because i was afraid that my accent was so obvious and so silly that they were going to pounce on that then fifth grade sixth grade somewhere in there I started growing into my face and, you know, at that time I got a bigger nose. My, my nose grew before the rest of my, you know, my, uh, face did, or at least that is what I was told. Who knows? I could have been gorgeous, but kids pointed out the fact that I had a big nose in comparison to the rest of, the, of my face. And so they would call me Gonzo, but not in a good way. It wasn't like, Oh, there goes good old Gonzo. No, it was like, there, look at, look at him, point at him. That's, that's Gonzo. There was a kid in, in class that actually made signs and I think I've talked about this before made signs and was picketing you know uh, around the room making fun of Gonzo the, the the freak with the big nose um, my mom always pointed out that I had like my dad I had super skinny legs and they thought they were funny and so people around uh, the house and also in the neighborhood called me chicken legs so here I am I don't speak the language very well or at least I don't think that I do I have skinny scrawny legs that are not attractive I have a big nose. My mom would not let anybody cut my hair other than her. And she liked the pompadour tall style. And I have curly hair uh, uh, naturally. So tall, curly, natural hair did, did not look attractive in one way, shape or form. Uh, I'm in a new land. And so, yeah, my fifth to sixth grade, my fifth grade years to maybe junior high school, I did not feel like a wanted kid <laughs> i keep on seeing that story of the ugly duckling the one that disney created and uh i every single time that i saw that movie i i cried because i was the ugly duckling i yeah i mean no shame in that i felt it uh and i knew that and i had a feeling that i would never overcome that that i was always going to be that kid but that you get to a point where college happened and there were so many things that I wanted to see there were so many things that I wanted to study because I've always been uh, a sponge for information if there's something that I want to know about I am going to learn about it uh, even if it leads me astray sometimes I want to learn about a subject if I think something is interesting I am going to read about it I'm going to study it I'm going to experiment in it 
I just have that need to understand. That's the reason why I feel so comfortable having conversations with so many different kinds of people. And that's where I don't apologize for the people that I follow. Like I said, if it's somebody that's interesting, if it's somebody that feeds my need for information, if they can give me a new insight in life, I want to hear about it. I truly want to know with no other agenda other than I find you super interesting. I think that there's something that you have to, to provide. The best gift you can ever give me is information or data or your point of view. That, I think, is one of the amazing things that human beings do with one another is that we can give each other a vision of how our lives work and that that coupled with empathy and sympathy that we can grow better as a community, right? So anyways, college comes, and I know that I just don't want to be in a face in the crowd. I want to experience college in any way, shape, or form. I want to be maybe not big men on campus, but I want to be definitely, certainly known on campus. And because that drive is much more powerful than the shyness, or at least I've willed it to be, that led me to joining the school newspaper because guess what? Having the press pass gives you permission to go up and talk to people and they got and they want to talk to you because you have, quote unquote, some kind of official um, agency. And so I interviewed the volleyball girls that I thought were cute because there's, it's, listen, I, I was also a horny teen and, in, in, uh, you know, young college person. So the, college, the volleyball players were in amazing shape, tall, Amazonian type of women that crushed it on the volleyball court. Of course I wanted to speak with them. Plus they wore those booty shorts that I think are freaking amazing. Um, yeah, all right, I've said it. So I would go and I would talk to them and they would tell me their stories and, and how they travel. And I've actually found them interesting. I actually convinced my college editor that I thought it was important for me to do a story on girls that strip to get through college and I actually got funds from my college editor to go to a strip joint and interview um, uh, strippers no fucking joke and you know what's funny about that is that the most interesting person that I found to talk to at the place was the DJ he had the inside scoop on everybody and he was fucking hilarious that guy was, uh, that was a cool cat. And I stopped talking to the girls. I mean, they don't get me wrong. It wasn't like I was in Oakland. But this guy was interesting. And that's the whole thing. that You just never know when you start talking to somebody where you're going to get to. I interviewed professors. I wrote columns about sex. If they, I, they, there were issues with our campus politics. So I dealt with that. I wrote, uh, I wanted to be on the movie beat. So I got to go to uh premieres and talk to some of the actors and i'm not a name dropper but it is kind of cool you do get sucked into especially when you're 20 to be amongst the you know the beautiful people and and talk to them and they you know, and, and actually some of them are extremely nice so there's no uh they, they live in that world but they can still be grounded and i found very very few and it's not like i knew a lot of them but or met a lot of them but it, they, they're still very interesting to talk to if they if you, if they get the sense that you actually just want to talk they'll talk to you and they'll be quite insightful uh th then that led for me to like cover some concerts uh 
the, one of the first people that ever reviewed Creed uh, here in Los Angeles, I think. I like to give myself credit for this. But I was among one of the first people that reviewed them. We went down to the palace and, and listened to them. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, who eventually became my wife, uh, she fell in love with Scott Stapp. And it was like old Scott Stapp all the time around this, you know, around this bitch. Anyways, my willingness to forego the challenge of shyness, right? My willingness to to tackle that as not a flaw, but a feature built, caked into me that I needed to find a, a hack around and a work around. Doing that has led me to have some of the best experiences in my life. I, my kids to this day are amazed, but they're learning it from me, that I talk to strangers i talk about this all the time so i don't need to reiterate with this just go out there and talk to strangers overcome that shyness yes like i said originally in the post that we do have a great deal of self-doubt everybody's plagued with it even i am certain that even presidents people that are you know, I, I was I was thinking of Justin Timberlake. I think he crushed it at the Super Bowl at the halftime show this this year, and or this year, yes, this year. But I was thinking about this guy prior to the event, right? He's got to go into this arena that's being watched by obviously all the people in the stands there. But then this is things televised to the world, uh, and what it must be like to know. All of this, the, for the next 20 minutes, the world's eyes are on me. The spectacle surrounding me. That's pretty crazy. That's a different level. If I were him, I'd be throwing up two hours prior to the show. But obviously, he's got a lot of practice. Practice, 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 practice. And, and natural talent combined can, can do some amazing things. So, if you have ever dealt with... Uh, shyness, if that is something that has ever plagued you, I am telling you right now, you can will yourself out of it. And when you come on, the, come out on the other side, trust me, it you realize that maybe you worried for no reason. And even if you bomb, because that's one of the things that you, that, that's a real thing too. You can bomb. It could go real bad. At least you can say when it's all said and done, that you made it happen, that you did it. I bombed, I did it, and, and laugh about it. Fucking A, if I didn't have a sense of humor about all the shit that I've done, all the stupid things that I've done, uh, I'd be a fucking pretty miserable life. But guess what? Yeah, there's sometimes even when I, 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 I went up for it, didn't make it, I can still enjoy, and I can still turn it into a story. And that's the thing, that when you're a storyteller, even the times when it fucking sucked, when you're throwing up in the bathroom before talking to 2,500 people, you can still turn it into a story. And people want to hear those. You just got to make, uh, if you have lemons, turn them into lemonade. Yes, I'm the cliche matic 2000. Everybody, it is June 4th, 2018. Like I said earlier, three days to go before uh, school's out. And I am going to be on a weird schedule. By all means, please subscribe to the uh, to the podcast. Please do reach out on the Twitter like some of you guys have been and ask questions. If you are on the Anchor app and you have heard this show and you want to record with me, I love interviews or I like talking to other people like I just said. By all means, hit me up. 
Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'll see you most likely tomorrow. I, I am trying to record every single day. Thanks a lot. Peace.